Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi guys, welcome to Adulting. This is the podcast where I try to figure out what it means to be an adult and whether or not we're actually grown up yet. And today I'm joined by Faye Williams. Hi. <laughs> so Faye is a model and content creator. And Faye and I met last year. Mm-hmm. No. At Cop Beauty. Was that this year? Beginning of this year. Was it? Yeah. And um, basically just thought she was great. And today mm. we're going to be talking about quite a difficult topic. We're going to touch on mental health, um, self-medicating with mental health, and just basically how it affects our day-to-day life, especially in this generation um, with the way that the world is. So can you maybe tell me like a little bit about your mental health journey or when when it happened that you realized that you had issues with your mental health or? Yeah, yeah. I think I've had issues since I was quite young. So like maybe even like eight, uh, like around eight. Um, but I've been taking medication for like over 10 years, maybe like 15 years, which is kind of scary, but yeah. What, when you first started taking medication, what was your, what was it for? Was it depression or was it? Yeah, for depression and anxiety, mainly depression at at the time. I think it was triggered by just massive life changes that were happening at the time. Um, And like shitty relationships that I'd been in and stuff like that. I think I was like 19. Um, So yeah, I got put on antidepressants and they prescribed me antidepressants, but I think they also advised me to go uh like to have counseling which I've been advised quite a few times and I've I've never actually been really yeah which I should I should go rather than just having thinking it's like a quick fix to take medication what what is it about counseling that you don't want to go I mean I've just put it off I would go but it's it is quite scary because obviously they're going to delve into you know why you're like this or you think it would like bring up stuff that you just yeah. can't aren't ready to deal with. Yeah. When you were nineteen, because you're how old are you now? Uh, Twenty nine. When you were nineteen, was it so like ten years? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was it quite new? Because I don't think that even when I was nineteen, which was like five years ago, I don't think I realised how prevalent depression was in young people. I thought depression was only adults, like full adults. Yeah, I didn't realise at the time. It's only recently that I've realised how bad it is for young people like not for adults and I think it's definitely something that kids should be spoken about yeah spoken to about because I remember being really young even before the medication thinking you know at some points thinking that you're not normal and there's because it's not spoken about when you're young you don't really know what's going on like unhappiness yeah yeah what have did you have to go to a doctor how did it I, yeah I went to the doctor finally when I was like 19 um and started my medication and then yeah I've been on it ever since well I've changed 
like to a different one but yeah I've been on it ever since when you first went on the medication was it like a relief you're like oh I feel so much better now the, the thing is it's like it, it's not a quick fix I think some people think it is I I never had a problem with with being on medication I've never found it embarrassing or like an issue um but yeah I did I did I felt like maybe because it was in my head I thought like oh, I'm taking this so I'm gonna yeah. feel better now well it's funny because like placebo effects mm. I've heard some things before is like the most effective effect you can get out of anything because if you believe that something works that's better than anything actually working so there was a, just a, a scientist guy talking about the way that like placebo effects work and stuff and if something works for someone just keep doing it like it not necessarily in this case but in life if a placebo works it's it's just as meritable as like, yeah. the thing actually doing it which yeah is which is crazy yeah and so now that you haven't, if you've never been off it, can you remember what it was like to like not be on medication? Do you have periods where you don't take it? No. Sometimes um, I might miss my medication uh, and it just makes me feel really shitty. Mm, I have, I've never tried to come off of it. I can remember what it was like before and I think that's why I haven't come off of it because it scares me to think I don't want to feel like that or I don't want to like be in that position again. And what's your, like, advice from your doctor? Do you have to see them regularly about it? Because I've moved around quite a bit, I've never had, like, the same doctor. So they're quite... I think they're quite... quite, They just prescribe you... Willy-nilly. Yeah, and just instead of saying, you know, you 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 need to do counselling or da-da-da, they'll just prescribe it to you. I think they just want you, like, in and out, where it's so busy in the doctor anyway, you know? Um, But, yeah. So with counselling and stuff, would it be something like CBT? Yeah, I think so. But you just wouldn't want to do that. I mean, I probably will, but that's. It's, it's... I feel like even saying this, it just shows how much like because I don't know what I'm talking about, but like how much lack of education we we have to be like. Yeah, it's so you you like you're basically saying like I've had this thing for like ten years, but I still don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing with it. Yeah, and no one's really giving you that much advice around it. There's, I really believe that there's not enough support at all like some of the situations I've been in with my mental health when it's been really bad has really proved to me that that you feel like you have no support network you there's just there's not much support at all what about young people or people in general your family like do you have a good support system Mm, I mean not really as in we're not like super close I don't see them a lot yeah so and I, I think with people of like an older generation in general I think it's harder to talk about these Mm. types of things especially if you're not close I think it's different if you're close and you've like been able to spend time talking through it for a long time but if you don't have a very close relationship Mm. I do agree that there's that old-fashioned stoicism Mm -hmm. even I remember thinking that when I was little though I remember and I didn't this wouldn't have been this must have been taught I remember saying to my mum when I was like 13 I could never be depressed because I just don't I just would not be like if I felt sad I'd just make myself not feel sad yeah and that must I must have got that from I can remember saying that so clearly (laughs) I can now understand how you could feel depressed or that I could possibly at some point in my life suffer with depression I've had like depressed periods but I've never had depression yeah I think people conflate that as well yeah it's it's kind of like scary because for me as long as I can remember I felt like this I don't really remember feeling any different but and for me it's also something that I've come to terms with that 
I'll always have bad periods, like I'll have yeah. a bad day or whatever, and it's something that I'll have to live with, and, and it, I'm going to always have it, but I just have to deal with it. Yeah. And if I'm having a bad day, I just say to myself, it's okay, Just it's just a bad day, and let it happen. There's a really, there's two things I want to say to that. There's a girl that had on my podcast, Charlie Cox. She was like, everyone has mental health, and then some people have mental illness. But we can all look after our mental health, irrespective of whether or not yeah. you suffer from like depression or anxiety. I think that's one of the bits that we kind of skate over, is that everyone's like, until something happens, until yeah. you get a diagnosis, until you're feeling suicidal or something no one's really questioning like how people actually feel day to day yeah we have a really empty especially in our society i know there's other countries where they have like a happiness scale so they'll measure how good the country's doing on how many people say that they feel good yeah whereas when someone asks you how you are everyone just goes oh i'm good even if you're like feeling really sad because it's still that even that is like kind of taboo like to even talk about your feelings yeah how, how you feel you know it's a bit weird and i think that um with yeah with the feelings and like with our society I think there's that there's something in it that like it's like you said it's embarrassing or you're supposed to be able to just get on with things Mm -hmm. I think that's that idea so I think there's a there's a real lack of support because on the one hand we don't really talk about it but the people who do want to talk about as well as are too scared yeah when you go to the doctor do you feel like you're comfortable talking about it or you just kind of want them to get it over and done with and then be gone yeah I'm yeah I'd rather just be in and out because it's not the most comfortable thing to talk about I've never spoken about it really before so yeah and do you find that so I I didn't really know how prevalent depression was and now because of social media and and my friends talking about it and me finding out that like family members have been depressed and stuff I suddenly realized that it's it's all around me does that make you feel better or does it make you feel even more like why have we not got a better why have we not done more research into it definitely I definitely think that more needs to be done and I don't know why it hasn't but I think it's becoming more like people are becoming more aware of it now yeah people are speaking about it more which is great um but that's why you then realize that it's happening to, to other people what so briefly before we start recording you and I you were touching on how you quite want to talk about how especially because there's that disenfranchisement between us and like the establishment so like us and doctors you might not Mm. want to talk to a doctor that much but you might be able to find ways that you can self-medicate yeah I think it's quite common for people with mental health issues to self-medicate um with you know drugs or alcohol or prescription pills whatever and all that does is because you're trying to mask your feelings because it's so hard to deal with your feelings right um so yeah self-medicating is is like huge but it it just makes you feel worse so what happened what point did it happen to you when you started to to like try and fix it yourself did you stop taking your medication as well no so you kind of and then what happened so when I was younger if I if I felt really sad with my depression or whatever I remember that I would drink a lot that so that's like self-medicating and then I start my anxiety started getting really bad just because I think I'd been on my pills for so long that they weren't really doing the same as what they should be uh, in the beginning and then I started taking Xanax which is you know for it kills your anxiety so I'd be like had no anxiety at all which I thought was amazing and can you explain to me I felt anxious but I've never had anxiety 
Mm. Um, and I think that a lot of the time people use, like, you'll be watching the Kardashians and they'll be like, oh my God, I got really bad. But they're not talking about anxiety, the mental illness. They're talking about yeah. anxiety, the feeling. What does it actually yeah. feel like to have, like, can you talk about that? It's I don't know what like, you feel like. It's quite, it stops you from doing a lot. Like, you physically can't can't do everyday tasks that that you would normally do or I'll blow things out all the time like I'll flake on plans or stuff because I just get too anxious I'm not so bad now but growing up I was really bad things like crossing the road which is like you just, ridiculous you just overthink or it just you got paralyzed just by had a, fear and... yeah just a, I don't know I don't know how to explain it. it's just like a feeling but um and panic attacks are just horrific you think you're dying and when you were younger and you didn't have a word for it or a name for it, were you like, "What? what's wrong with me? Yeah. I mean, I just it just goes back to feeling like you're mental. I right. hate that word. But, you know, yeah. you feel like you're... Something wrong with you. Yeah, like there's something wrong with you. And... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Being young, obviously, you don't know, because you're not taught about any of this, mm. even, you know, in school or whatever. So you don't really know. Did it change your relationship with friends? Mm. Did you ever talk to friends about it when you were little? No, I don't. You just wouldn't bring it up? Yeah, I don't think so. So then you're taking, fast forward again, sorry. So you start taking Xanax. Oh yeah, sorry. So um, Xanax, it just made me feel not anxious at all. Um, But it's so addictive that before I knew it, I I had like a dependency to Xanax, which is really fucking scary, Um, which resulted in like hospital trips and having to withdraw from from the drug. Um, But it happened so quickly. I didn't I would I never thought of it as a drug like. Because it's like pharma grade. Yeah. And because it's kind of socially acceptable because you you can get prescribed that. Yeah. Um, So it happened really quickly. And I didn't know it was happening. And I think for a lot of young people now, you don't really hear about it much, which is weird. Mm. But for a lot of people now, with anxiety, where it's such a big thing, people are self-medicating with with Xanax. And yeah. then people are getting addicted well, really quick. Well, it's in quick. every song that you listen to, like American music, yeah. they always talk about Xanax. Yeah. And even I remember watching like Desperate Housewives or like Real Housewives or whatever. Mm. And they're always like, oh, I popped a Zanny in my smoothie. Yeah. And it's really... Like nonchalant. But our attitude towards it in the UK is, is different or we don't really use it as much. Yeah, it's totally different. In, in America, it's like the prescriptions are the they prescribe are like so high, like so many. They prescribe so many people's really Xanax. Weird. Yeah, and here, I don't know if you can even get prescribed Xanax here. You can get diazepam. Yeah. Is Xanax just the brand then? Is that, that what the tablet is? Yeah. So what does it actually... Do you know what it does chemically? It like levels you out? It does... I don't know exactly because you can use isn't it kind of like a sedative does it send people to sleep yeah so that's it so it just but if you're i guess if you're running on high yeah but what so the thing with it is that you build up a tolerance really quickly so then you're taking more and once you stop taking it your brain is like i need this drug yeah. 
how long do you think you've ever had an addiction before no and then how long were you taking it before you were like shit do you know that whole is kind of a blur but i think maybe a year or maybe less than that but i just you can't remember no that's, it really kills your memory as yeah. well. Yeah, and that must be really like disconcerting and yeah. freak you out. Yeah. So then, now that you're, you haven't, you never take it anymore now. No, never. I would never touch it now because I just, I didn't realize how addictive it was, or you know how 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 bad it was. How long did it take you to properly like get over the recovery and the withdrawal? Like probably about a month. Withdrawal is like really really bad for the first few weeks. But I'm not sure how long it takes to like get out of your system and for everything to go back yeah. to normal. But I think for me, I felt really bad for about a month. So then did you have to, were you at home for that? Or did you have to be, like, did you have to go to like a rehab kind of place? No, I didn't go to a rehab. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I got sent home. Um, I went to the hospital because I was feeling like so sick. And then I literally lost my mind. Like it was the most scariest time mm. ever I had to see like the psychiatric team like and then I got they sent me home from the hospital and it yeah I couldn't sleep I was like seeing things and hearing things that weren't there which is the worst thing ever mm. um but that's what that's what withdrawals we spoke about the future though because when I broke my leg I got put on tramadol and that made me like I, I had really weird dreams, like hallucinating dream, because you're basically high, yeah, aren't you? Yeah. And even on the ward, I don't know. Actually, it's quite funny though. But we were all there, and everyone. It was like a mixed ward because they'd run out of space. So the woman would come along with the trolley. We're all off our faces because we've all like had an injury or whatever. She's like, "What do you want this time?" And we'd be like, "Oh, Oromorph." She's like, "Tramadol," and we'd literally it's like a trot, like a cocktail of like drugs. And there was a little old lady next to me and the girl. So all of us were so high, we probably didn't need more stuff but we kept being like we're in pain even just being in hospital for like three days you get so used to being like medicated which is awful um so i'm not surprised that like when you're taking it recreationally and to fix like a a problem which affects your day-to-day life so massively why that's so attractive when you're like i feel so anxious i'll do anything to it's like a magic pill yeah but in the beginning but i mean it's far from that in the end you know it's like the worst thing ever but but i think would you say that our attitude towards drugs um is is part of the problem because I think no one talks about drugs. Most people at universities experimenting with drugs. Most people who work in big jobs take drugs. Yeah. But everyone acts as though no one takes drugs. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, everyone is taking drugs. Yeah, and I think that's what makes the problem when you do have people that find Xanax or whatever. There's just not enough information about what the risk taking the risks with drugs are because the yeah. only people talking about drugs are the ones who are like it, it, it's like under the radar there's no like medical information i know there was that one festival what's the one in bristol and they put out pictures to be like don't take this pill yeah love saves a day yeah and i remember being a massive thing and i was like that's actually so helpful because if, if people are going to go out and buy drugs mm. you might as well educate them about the safety around what they're taking yeah. how much is safe to take and i think that there's a huge link as you say with medicating it's not just like um stuff like xanax but you were saying like drinking and yeah people i guess take recreational drugs as well yeah to medicate and it all just um if you are taking medication it it kind of there's like no point of taking medication if if you're going to do that because it stops your medication from working a lot of the time is there a risk because am i right in thinking that some anxiety tablets are like beta blockers or they like slow your heart is that what a beta blocker does 
yeah that's what a beta blocker does um but most anti like antidepressants aren't that but i'm not sure about anxiety i know you can get propanolol which is a beta blocker so if you're taking something like that and then you took say like another kind of drug is there danger just in the fact that you're mixing things or not as much i i'm sure there is yeah but you know a lot of people are going out and doing coke for example and the you're not supposed to drink alcohol and take coke apparently it causes like a chemical reaction chemical because they, reaction because in I your guess body alcohol is a um depressant and yeah. coke's a stimulant yeah so I, but I mean a lot of people are doing it yeah what about now now that you've come off the xanax and you're dealing with your anxiety and your depression do you feel like it's manageable or yeah. do you feel like i wish there was another way of of trying to sort it out I mean, it's manageable up until a point when it's not manageable, you know, when when you have a bad day. And then, but it, yeah, it's manageable because I am guess I'm just used to it. You don't know what it would feel like yeah. to feel any different. Yeah. I think it's really hard because I, as someone who hasn't suffered from depression and anxiety, I literally can't really understand it. Mm. And I know that's coming from a really naive place, but like... I think people need to speak about it more because I think, yeah. especially with work and things, you can ring in sick at work and be like, oh, I've, I've got food poisoning. But you can't really ring up and be like, I'm so anxious, I can't leave the house today. Yeah. And I don't think people take it seriously. Yeah, I think that's another if thing. You did, if you did say that, like your boss wouldn't take that seriously. No. So then you'd have to lie and say, I've got food poisoning. But I think that's because of the language you use in society. So like, for instance, you're saying, we'll be like, that's crazy, that's mental, that's whatever. Yeah. And it, it, it trivialises it. And it makes it feel like it's not important mm-hmm. and also with anxiety when people are like oh my god so anxiety is like a word that's used really recklessly and yeah, just a lot chucked into sentences um but it's a really different thing and, and the thing is i think humans we have the ability to feel depressed or to feel anxious but having depression or anxiety is, is a completely different yeah ball game yeah the main thing was just that it should be spoken about so much more from a young age you know like to that kids should be educated on it not yeah. just you were saying about how it's not just things like xanax it's like opioids yeah so i mean i think that's mainly in america so if you have a car accident or you've broken something yeah they prescribe you um or in the hospital they'll give you like oxy which is an opioid which essentially comes you know comes under the same bracket as, yeah. as heroin yeah right so i think that's really fucking scary because a lot of people find themselves they're prescribed these these drugs and they might not even yeah know what they're taking yeah and <clears> then <throat> before they know it they're addicted because they're so highly addictive then they're addicted and and then what then they're just and i th- i think that's a really interesting thing as well because for instance as i was saying i was given oromor from the hospital which is like a really light morphine i think yeah and when you think of that, it kind of looks a bit like cowpole. I've seemed to remember it's kind of that having cowpole. But when you think of heroin, you think of like train spotting, like mm. injecting into your arms. And but they're all one and the same drug. Yeah, it's just where it's applied, like socioeconomically, and yeah. where it's how it's given to you and whatever. And I think this is why we have a huge problem with our attitude towards drugs in this country is so bad um, because of the criminalisation and because of the way that we associate drugs as though drugs are bad and like pharmaceuticals are good but they're all yeah. the same 
at the end of the day, they're all the same thing. Like, there, it's some are more socially acceptable. Mm. Even like Coke is pretty socially acceptable yeah. when you go out, whatever. It's not. It's not. It's completely it's not different. Stigmatized. To like, yeah. Well, it's got a class level to it, hasn't it? So yeah. People exactly. who take cocaine will be viewed as like more upper middle class, and then yeah. other drugs. But actually, the problem is there's no education around drugs for people realizing that one, the stuff they're buying might not be anything of what they think it is, mm-hmm. um, and then. I don't know. I think that there's other countries, like certain Scandinavian countries, they don't criminalise drug use. So if you're, you're taking drugs, nothing happens to you. You might get put into like a centre where they teach you how to like come off it if you're addicted. Yeah. But you will get, if you're like selling, selling or you're part of that ladder, then you can get in trouble. But just the actual possession. And there's loads of things about how in America, half the jails are filled up with people who've had possession of drugs. And because the sentences are so long there, there's men who, like, got caught with weed, like, 40 years ago, mm-hmm. still sat in a cell. Yeah, I just think it's ridiculous. It's awful. Yeah. And we talked about it a little bit earlier, but, like, power and money within these things, it might seem like it's only really poor people taking drugs. Like, oh, it's we, definitely not. No, and you were saying, like, how in San Fran and, like, in certain places in America, you'll see people, like, shooting up in the streets. But you see that in Brixton, like, where I used to live, there's, there was always a lot of drug use. But within, like, the upper middle classes of society, a lot of people are taking drugs rough, as well. yeah. Yeah. But people um, just... But it's just more pure yeah. and a bit safer. Yeah. And people are probably doing it with a bit more knowledge. So I think that a, a conversation around drugs from a young age and mental health is really important because otherwise there's all this stigma, which yeah. is all based off of, like, lies, really. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to add? I don't think so. I've probably said too much. No, not at all. It's been really helpful. Thank you so much for listening, guys. And thank you so much for joining me, Faye. Thank you. And if you want to find Faye, you can follow her on Instagram at Faye Williams. F-A-E Williams. Williams. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have anywhere else that people can follow you? Uh, No. Anything else you want to say? No, thank you. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Bye.